0: Welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Daily Show, Media Matters, Countdown, The Young Turks, Counterspin, The Bugle, The Rachel Maddow Show, NPR, and for our iPhone app users, bonus clip today from The Colbert Report.
1: Now, obviously, the weather's a big story today. As you know, we don't usually cover the weather here on The Daily Show. We leave that sort of thing to Comedy Central's satirical newscast, The Weather Report. <laughs> One of our former correspondents, Doodle Von (laughs) Tainstein. Probably don't remember him. He was uh... (laughs) a... I think that was a joke from ten years ago on the show, so I'm not even sure where that came from. But you know, sometimes a weather story comes along that is so big, we can't ignore it. Like this week's massive snowstorms, 18 inches of snow in Washington, D.C. alone. It's something we here at The Daily Show have cleverly decided to call Snow... Snow Snowmageddon.
2: Snowmageddon.
1: Snowmageddon. That's fine. You guys are calling it Snowmageddon. That's cool. Yeah. You know, we, we got other names. We're calling it the Snowpo- Snowpocalypse. Snowpocalypse. Snowpocalypse.
3: Snowpocalypse.
1: All right, it's fine. It's cool. We happen to have a third option. It's so ridiculous. Nobody's thought of this one. Roll it, Chuck!
4: Snowtoria. Snow, snow. Snow-toria.
1: Right? Snowtorious B.I.G. It takes the comedic genius of The Daily Show to come up with something that cool. Real quick, go ahead. Uh, we're talking about
2: weather, and it's also the Saint. To- uh, it's great to see you on during the week. They're talking about me. I hope they let us know how the
1: Snowtorious B.I.G. is progressing east, talking about the snow there. They're calling it the
5: Snowtorious B.I.G. S-
1: Just f- it then, all right? Fine. <laughs> Stupid puns with their stupid <laughs> dope. Guess the big boy news may have their overly dramatic storm titles, their state-of-the-art weather centers, and their trained meteorologists experiencing storms firsthand. But I'm about to pull off something they can't even come near. You're not even going to believe what I'm going to do. A weather report that combines the human touch of an eyewitness account with a celebrity so random. It'd be nearly impossible to duplicate. <laughs> I'm going to call baseball hall of famer Cal Ripken's wife Kelly and I'm gonna have her look out of the window of her house in Baltimore to tell me what's happening with the weather so let me just do that and then uh I'll do she's uh it's ringing it's ringing it's it's she's not it's ringing she's not she's not picking up she's Kelly you're killing me you're killing me Kelly Come on, wife of the Iron Man of baseball. Who could she be talking to? This- Joining me now on the telephone, Kelly Ripken, who is the wife of Baltimore Orioles baseball legend, all round good guy, Cal Ripken
0: Jr. Go!
1: <laughs> please, please, please don't ask her about the weather. Please don't ask her about the weather. Please. Kelly,
2: thanks for taking a few minutes. So describe what's happening there as you kind of look out your window or out your front door.
1: God damn it! <laughs> not good. That's coming out of my chat. (laughs) (laughs) While cable news takes their weather coverage very seriously, perhaps more seriously than anything else they cover, it's easy to forget that these snowstorms still do bring joy to two types of people. Children global warming deniers in the middle of all this the White House is calling for the creation of a new government agency to study global warming
2: all this snow isn't putting a chill on the global warming talk it's interesting though given the fact
1: that the weather is so rotten right now it's the most severe winter storm in years which would seem to contradict Al Gore's hysterical global warming theories yeah I guess drivers aren't the only people this storm is inconvenient for. The truth. (laughs) It's Al Gore's fault for making such bold statements in his stupid film. Scientists who specialize in global warming have
6: computer models that long ago predicted it will never ever snow again. If it does, I am a liar.
1: He said it, not us. No one put those words in his mouth. To discuss this storm's impact on global warming theory, we go to the best weather team on the planet and Asif Manvi. Asif! How are you doing? How are you, my friend? Thank you for joining us. Thank you, John. Thank you. You know, John, for years we have been told that the Earth was melting like a popsicle, that humanity would soon be boiled alive in a rising sea. Well, today that lie stands exposed with evidence that any child can understand. I give you frozen water falling from the sky. Hey, Al Gore, you you and your laser pointer can suck my shrunken, if not for the cold, testicles. But it's it's one storm, Asif, in one region of one country. It it makes no sense to extrapolate data. Data? Data? You want data? Well, how about this graph? showing a significant cooling trend over time. It's a little thing called science. Uh, Maybe Al Gore... I hear you. Maybe Al Gore can put that in his pipe and eat it. Yes, I understand. He did gain some weight. Look, Asif, um, that's not really the point. The chart only goes back to August, and and it doesn't... Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's when that's when the cooling trend started, um, John. I'm sorry, yeah, it,
7: excuse me, excuse me, John. Yes,
1: I'm sorry. I'm getting word from Samantha yes. B. I disagree with Asif. Global warming is real,
8: and I know that because I am hot.
1: Where, where are you?
8: Australia, John. It hit 90 degrees today in February.
1: Start building the ark, boys. The floods are coming. You're you're, you're in the Southern Hemisphere, Sam. It's Australia's summer right now. Right. So-
8: and tomorrow, they're forecasting 92 degrees. The next day, 94. At this rate, it's going to be 120 degrees by the weekend. Samantha, don't be an idiot. What? I'm cold, which means it's going
1: to get colder. Warmer. Colder. Warmer. Colder. Guys, guys, hold on. I, I think you're both making the same mistake. For the love of God, somebody help me! Yes, I'm sorry, Jason Jones. Are you in trouble? John, John, it's dark where I am. <laughs> yet, yet, just two hours ago, it was sunny. The sun just went away, and then this not as bright sun came up in its place. <laughs> John, this is bad. Jay- Jason, that, that's the moon. What, what you're describing is nighttime. No, it's dark, and it's only getting darker. This proves global darkening. <laughs> Listen to me. Vice President Dan Quayle was right. Dan, John, John, John he's right. It's dark here, too. <laughs> oh! I think my baby, that means dingoes will take every baby. Al <laughs> Gore, what have you done? What have My you done? Oh, what have right. you done? Please. Are the dingoes in the dark? Oh, oh. All right, thank you guys. Osman oh, awesome. B, Samantha B, and Jason Jones, everybody. Where do you go when the cold things
4: come? Do you just leave town? Do you pack up and run? Or do you stay? Do you stay and watch the seasons shift? Do you have the patience to wait for the clouds to lift? Tell me, baby, there's mystery in your eyes. What do you do when the cold days come? Do you wrap up you search for the sun?
2: Our top item today, news of another snowpocalypse hitting D.C. sent conservatives into overdrive. Fox News' Gretchen Carlson and conservative leader Rush Limbaugh Use the impending snowstorm to attack the Obama administration's proposal for a new federal agency to study and report on climate change.
9: First, let's talk about the dichotomy that that creates. Really? Yes, because while we've
7: had these big snowstorms, the Obama administration talking about creating a new federal office Mm -hmm. to study global warming.
9: They're having to delay setting up the office because they're expecting another 16 to 20 inches in Washington. I mean, this is absurd.
2: Of course, scientists agree that short-term localized weather patterns are not relevant to global warming. But it was Limbaugh's advice to Republicans that earned today's most outrageous comment.
7: And the Republicans, I'm saying it right now, do not be afraid of being called the
4: party of no if you don't do this. Time waits for no man Yeah, this is destiny and it's written in the sand Time So come on, my friends, get your heads out of the sand. You think the forecast is sunny and bright, the grass is growing, you might be right.
9: Good evening from New York. A blizzard has buried much of the Northeast, much of the nation's capital, and much of Congress's sanity. What the record snowfall has exposed, however, is just how ignorant leading deniers are about what even the Bush Pentagon recognized as a threat, climate change. They think it's disproved by snow. And Democrats are responding to a snowstorm that, in fact, may exemplify climate change by naturally backing down on legislation to combat climate change, legislation Republicans oppose because even though it would have cut taxes for the middle class, too, you know, you it also would have cut the profits of big polluters. While the snowfall shut down much of the capitol's day-to-day business, including progress on the jobs bill, key Democrats now say it might also spell the end, for now, of the climate change bill. Why? Because people are idiots! Senator uh, Senate Energy Chairman Jeff Bingaman remarking about this storm, quote, it makes it more challenging for folks not taking time to review the scientific arguments. People see the world around them and they extrapolate. And no one is extrapolating stupider than the people in the pockets of the energy industry. Quote, it's going to keep snowing in D.C. until Al Gore cries uncle. Get it? Al Gore. Quote, where's Al Gore now? See? Al Gore. And, of course, we have Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh, the Wall Street water carriers, the corporate clowns who get rich by tricking listeners into voting against their own interests, laughing about how silly it is to believe in extreme weather change in the middle of extreme weather.
0: The snow is hammering
2: Washington, D.C. again. I believe God is just saying, I got your global warming
7: here. eh? You want a piece of global warming? It's just another nail in the coffin of the whole global warming thing. And each, you know, every day like this, where is Al Gore? Where is the media asking Al Gore what's going on with this?
9: It's snowing, moron! No one is asking about Al Gore, of course, because the former vice president did not personally invent climate change. Scientists have predicted for decades that climate change will bring with it extreme weather. And yes... Last month was the hottest January on record since satellites were first used to track global temperatures. What happens when the Earth warms up? More water evaporates from the oceans, like steam, meaning for those places where it's still below freezing, there will be more snow. The National Weather Service today confirmed this surprise, the snowiest winter on record for Washington so far. Let's bring in fresh from the Iditarod dog sled race, relocated this year from Nome to D.C., MSNBC political analyst Howard Feynman, also senior Washington correspondent, political columnist of Newsweek and the author of the 13 American Arguments. Uh, much thanks for your time and your travel efforts tonight, Howard. No prob. No prob, Keith. Uh, Virginia Republicans posted and then quickly polled today this web ad mocking the Democrats for supporting climate change legislation. Is there no sense that that, the, that Virginia, the, the state they are from and represent, happens to be suffering right now acutely due to this storm, precisely because of the kind of climate change they are defending?
7: No, I don't think there is any sense of that. Uh, I, I think that, number one, Republicans have uh, had their eyes on this uh, cap-and-trade bill, the climate change bill, from the very beginning. They have been out to kill it from the very beginning. That's number one. Number two, a lot of the attacks on climate change data and theory uh, have had an effect, uh, especially on Republicans. So there was a poll recently, Keith, that said now that about only half of people who call themselves Republicans believe that the climate change thing is for real. And that has resulted in a change in the overall numbers. But these are the Republicans speaking to their own base. But in, in
9: 2000, during the Bush administration, the National Intelligence Council concluded that more than 30 U.S. military installations face heightened risk because of rising sea levels, which is a direct consequence mm-hmm. of climate change. Why don't uh, McConnell and Dement care about the troops?
7: Well, as it, as it happens, I was talking to Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader, earlier today, and I've covered Mitch forever, going back to when yes, he was yes. county judge in Kentucky. and. Uh, Mitch sees the world through the eyes of the Kentucky coal operators. Uh, This is a coal opportunity, in his view, and that's how he sees things. He sees the energy problems as having coal as one of the main answers, if not the main answer. And as far as changing river levels and coastlines and so on, that's what the Corps of Engineers and the Navy are for. Come on.
9: Well, all right, and the, there's not much of a danger in, in, in the sea rising to cover Kentucky. Is that the idea? So yeah, he doesn't care? You know, we,
7: they already have rearranged all the rivers and lakes there anyway. That's what I say. The Corps of Engineers, you bring Sorry. them in and they rearrange them some more.
9: No problem. Just cut off the tops of the mountains.
7: Sure, and, sure. Uh, so,
9: well, this is what this boils down to, though. Life on Earth is going to be threatened because the people who recognized and warned about climate change did not just go with that phrase, climate change, and instead chose global warming, opening this opportunity up for Rush Limbaugh and Sarah Palin to kill us all?
7: Well, I I, I do think that uh, labels matter. And in retrospect, uh, simply focusing on warming uh, was a mistake. Uh, just in terms of the politics and the salesmanship of what is undoubtedly a really, really big problem. Uh, but it's also now gotten all wrapped up in Obama and Gore and the whole big government idea. You know, conservatives and Republicans, they worry about big government unless it's the national security state, then they want a lot of big government. But in this case, they'd rather let the coal operators and the nuclear plant operators and uh, operators and so on, you know, have their, have their way.
9: Uh, three of my four questions to you tonight have been about uh, Republican idiocy mm-hmm. on this subject. Now let me turn to Democratic idiocy right. on this subject. How is the majority party's takeaway from a display of extreme weather turning out to be surrender on a bill that fights man-made or man-influenced extreme weather?
7: Well, I, I think—I'm I think sh- I'm sure from the White House's point of view, I think what Jeff Bingaman said, which is basically giving up, in a sense. Uh, is not what they wanted to hear. On the other hand, I'm not sure how committed the White House is to the cap-and-trade bill that they put forward and jammed through the House at the beginning of the session. You know, at the beginning of last year, they were all proud of themselves for that, but the thing has completely languished. And This is a case where presidential leadership and explanation is required. You know, we keep saying that Barack Obama gives such a good speech and he's a good explainer. I don't really know how good an explainer he is. He didn't end up explaining the health care reform bill all that well. It was very complex. Same here. It's a big, complex bill, but you can't assume everybody understands the science behind it. And that's what the president has to do. He's got to get out there and explain it if he expects to have political activity on this.
9: Maybe you could just get up and say, you know what? If it weren't snowing already, and we'd eliminated snow, it would be too late to do anything. And doesn't make the difference how much of a deficit we have. So let's spend 800 trillion dollars a day because we're all going to die in nine years anyway.
4: So if you promise me that things will be exactly as. They've always been We'll have all that we want That's all that matters Cos warming by a small degree Won't plunge us into poverty We'll build the borders strong And keep the tides out We needn't see the crises overseas Cos people's lives are washed away Cos if you're having a good time Everything will be fine Yeah, if you're having a good time, everything will be fine. If you're having a good time, everything will be fine. Because if you're having a good time, everything will be
2: fine. These idiots uh, are for real. I I thought they were kidding around. I've seen like 20 different clips where they're like, oh, big snowstorm in the East Coast. What happened to global warming? It doesn't seem
1: very warm out there now.
2: I'm like, hey, come on! You please, please don't tell me that you're this dumb. But of course they are, and they. What's more important is they think that their audience is really dumb, and they think, well, this is going to be easy to trick them on this issue. Snow, not warm. <laughs> Too easy. Now, of course, let's start with the basics. There's difference between weather and climate for people who don't understand. Weather is something that happens in a, in a very small period of time. Like today, the weather is cloudy, right? climate is something that ho- happens over a large period of time the climate uh, of the earth in a year in the last ten years etc for example in the last ten years we had the warmest decade in recorded history so the fact that we had the warmest <laughs> <laughs> decade in recorded history is not negated by one snowstorm in the middle of February on the east coast <laughs> and understand that the Climate change at this point is fairly small. It's a little over one degree difference. Now, if it gets to four degrees, that's an enormous difference and will cause tremendous uh, fluctuation in weather patterns and will have enormous consequences throughout the world ice caps melting, et cetera, et cetera. But a little over uh, one degree is what we have now in, in terms of change, in terms of it getting warmer. Now, so on a given day in Washington, when let's say it would be 24 degrees outside, even if uh, <laughs> climate change applied to every single day, right? which it doesn't because the weather fluctuates all the time throughout the seasons, throughout the year, etc. I'm telling the most obvious things, but apparently people don't get it, right? You've got to tell it in a simple way to the Republicans. So even if it, it applied every single day, instead of being 24 degrees, it'd be 25 degrees, and you'd still get snow. You see what I'm saying? Okay. It doesn't mean because you have global warming that it's never gonna snow anywhere anymore. And it's not a twenty degree difference, not a thirty degree difference. If it was, we'd already be in more trouble than you could imagine. Right? So these are the reasons why you could still have a snowstorm. Now, some people make the argument that global warming or climate change actually makes the uh snowstorms even more extreme. You know, I'm not sure I'm a hundred percent sold on that. But they do have a good case. So one of the things is that it's not that it makes the weather colder and hence the snow uh, storm bigger. No, it increases, actually, ironically, by the weather being slightly warmer, it increases the precipitation in the air so that when it does snow, it snows more. So that's interesting. And, you know, it hasn't happened in the Great Lakes area yet, but it's actually apparently more likely to happen in that area because you have the slightly uh, warmer weather. Plus, that causes the ice to melt from the Great Lakes, and that causes even more precipitation, leading to storms that are larger, where you get more snow. Right. So that's a good and interesting case to be made for that. Uh, it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean that any particular snowstorm is going to be larger than another, right? Because it depends on the day, the season, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I just wanted to make the obvious point that because there's a snowstorm in Washington, doesn't mean. That their global warming isn't true. And the Fox guys are going ballistic, man. Every one of them, Hannity, they're strutting. They're like, ah, they think they have a good point. They're like, oh, yeah, what happened? Snowstorm, Lips, El <laughs> You're like, God, man, you are just so pathetic. For people who know anything, they look so painfully dumb. But the Fox News audience is like, oh, man, Zinger, Hannity got him. <laughs> It just makes me feel kind of sad and amused for them at the same time.
4: The floors are bare. He stares at laughing spaces, more on chairs, walls and borders. All the orders gone. And now he creeps around, sees the town, feels the ground. Where's his fellow man and child And woman's skin, so soft and mild? Doors and walls will start to fall. Windows too. Like lovers' eyes to scream at the world shrinking size, screams
8: from seeing all be all is gone. One of- the old criticisms of media coverage of climate change was that it treated the denialist position as deserving equal time as those who support the consensus that global temperatures are rising and that this is a bad thing. One study of coverage from 1988 to 2002 found that about half of the articles presented this kind of false balance. In the wake of the release of emails from the climatic research unit at East Anglia University, the so-called climate gate controversy, is climate change balance making a comeback? There are some troubling Signs that it is. On December 9th, the Washington Post ran a column on the topic by Sarah Palin, yes, that Sarah Palin, that argued, among other things, that we can't be sure that human activity causes climate change. On December 8th, CNN's American Morning featured a long one on one interview with Senator James Inhofe, who has declared climate change the greatest hoax ever perpetrated. The interview closed with anchor Kieran Chetry asking Inhofe to check in again from the climate summit in Copenhagen before a Co anchor Joe Johns remarked that on the next day, quote, we will be hearing from the other side of the global warming debate, close quote, meaning an interview with Al Gore. CNN's Campbell Brown show on December 7th and 8th have presented three different panels on climate change, most of which presented the issue as if two equally valid sides are disagreeing. Strangely enough, Campbell Brown noted in one of these panels that the scientific debate is not nearly so even. So why present it as such on your show?
4: Baby, lie. Things I must deny as I row to tomorrow's shore. I can say I tried. Always spoke my mind, and I knew what science said. But what if everything you have rests on giving up on everything you want? But if seamen want the sea And femen want their fee Take away this longing Will these
5: men be lost? Denial isn't no, just a river in no. Egypt It's also an inexplicable position stupid. on climate change <laughs> And the... It's said that it's best to avoid the subjects of politics and religion at dinner parties, even though it should be perfectly possible to discuss both of those areas unless your dinner guests are arseholes. (laughs) Well, Well, you can add climate change to that list of taboo subjects now because it seems that some people inexplicably, literally, scientifically inexplicably, have a problem with it. And I have to say, Andy... If you were serving dinner at your house to someone who suddenly mentioned that they did not fundamentally believe in climate change, I'd like to think that you would quickly pull the elaborate jelly that you'd made away from their faces, (laughs) saying, no, no jelly for you. If I may misquote Destiny's Child, you are too crazy for this jelly. Due to the hysteria around this subject, it is absolutely crucial that scientists don't make any stupid mistakes <laughs> which could be misconstrued as evidence of a huge global conspiracy to force everyone to have solar panels surgically implanted into their babies' foreheads. Unfortunately, though, mistakes do slip through. The East Anglia emails alone last year were enough to give Glenn Beck a month-long mental boner. And <laughs> this week... The head of the UN's climate change body, Rajendra Pakauri, found himself at the centre of an entirely man-made storm when it emerged that a 2007 report he was overseeing falsely claimed that the Himalayan glaciers would melt by 2035. In response to the criticism, he decided to neither resign nor indeed even apologise, saying, you can't expect me to be personally responsible for every word in a 3,000-page report. That's partly true. (laughs) But you can expect him to have read it and maybe fact-checked it. And the fact is, someone balls up here. It's nothing sinister. It's just someone ballsing something up. But something got ballsed, and he really is responsible for that.
10: It's a bit like Jesus at the feeding of the five thousand for me, John. You know, if he'd run out. Interested to hear the explanation of that. Well, if he'd he'd run out of fish finger sandwiches after feeding only four thousand nine hundred ninety-three of those five thousand, some people and some in the media would have said, "Bloody Jesus, starving seven (laughs) people to the brink of death." (laughs)
5: And that's the way
10: it is with climate change.
5: (laughs) Uh, Kerry also rebutted uh, newspaper claims that he lives a lavish lifestyle and wears a $1,000 suits. He said, that's ridiculous and it's a bunch of lies. There's a tailor who stitches all my suits for 2,200 rupees, which is about £30. Now, first... (laughs) I don't think there are many, if any, scientists on Earth who you could reasonably claim lead a lavish lifestyle. (laughs) You don't see many people pulling up in Lamborghinis to labs. (laughs) Secondly... Who is his tailor? Who is this shadowy individual who can knock up suits that look like they cost $1,000 for £30? I demand to know his contact details, Andy. Release the files, Bukowri. What are you hiding? This is a huge sartorial conspiracy going on here.
10: You know, the other side of the coin, John, is that uh, these glasses aren't going to melt by 2035. I mean, they are still melting, just not by then. Maybe not fully for a couple of hundred years. As I said earlier in this... We are dust, John, so you know, <laughs> we'll all be dead by then. Oh, it's good. So
5: That's wh- going to be a theme sh- we return why to. Why should we have
10: to regulate our behaviour just so people we're never even going to meet can have some bits of glacier to look at when they yeah. go white or rafting in the Himalayas? In terms of the proportion of evidence discredited by these scandals in the uh, the climate change for Aga, it's roughly equivalent to if Edmund Hillary and Sherpa Tensing had reached the top of Mount Everest, found a snowman and said... Oh, bollocks. It's not a mountain after all. It's a snowman in a 25,000-foot-long dress. What a waste of time. And it's also reminiscent of when Newton discovered gravity, John. There were, as always with science, there were still sceptics and conspiracists and deniers, and the conspiracist said, yeah, well, this is just the rug trade behind this. The more gravity pulls us down, the more wear and tear our floors get. Very convenient. (laughs) And the denier said, no, it's all bullshit. I saw a condor this morning. Did it fall to the ground like Newton said it should? No. Of course it didn't, it just floated around in the sky. There's no gravity. If there was gravity, how could you explain why I'm stuck to my ceiling? You're not, you've crucified yourself on two of those wooden beams. What of it? Besides, have you seen Michael Jordan's hangtime?
5: Gravity, schmavity. <laughs> Just reading up about these stories opens up a Pandora's box of whack jobs. (laughs) The comments pages below these articles and various message boards devoted to climate change passes you through a wardrobe into a Narnia of nutcases. (laughs) And I do think that message boards might well be the perfect time capsule of crazy. If any life form thousands of years down the line, comes to this scorched, lifeless planet and wonders what happened. I do hope that there's a hard drive intact somewhere (laughs) so they can read what we were saying to each other before we died out. That would be such a valuable window into the fatal flaws that helped wipe humanity from the face of the planet. It'd be like reading messages that dinosaurs were sending to each other moments before the asteroid hit. Stegosaurus 21 does not know what he's talking about. How can you be so blind to the possibility that an asteroid could trigger tidal waves and volcano eruptions which could eliminate us as a species. Tyranno King needs to shut the f*** up! Wake up, people! The big bipedal carnivores are just trying to get you to buy into their asteroid exploratory research project. Can't believe people get duped by this. Diplodoofus can suck on my horn! This discussion sucks. Hold on, what's that dark thing in the sky that's getting bigger?
10: If it is a conspiracy, the whole of global warming, for a start... Whose conspiracy is it? There seems to be conflicting arguments whether it's a left-wing conspiracy or a right-wing conspiracy, whether it's to boost the Western economy or to break the control of the West over the world economy, whether it's pro-nuclear or pro-alternative energies, or if it's just some scientists wanting to keep their jobs. (laughs) Because without climate change, they'd all have to get a proper job, like journalism or prostitution. (laughs) There are a a few scientists who are sceptics about global warming, but uh, a poll in uh, America in 2009 by the Pew Research, Centre, found that 84% of scientists say the Earth is getting warmer because of human activity. But just 49% of the public agreed with that. But the more interesting part of this uh, survey John, was that 76% of the scientists polled thought that it was a major problem that news does not distinguish between well-founded findings and bullshit. Yes. And this is the problem. Yes, absolutely. All you need, you don't even really need a lab coat now. If you just go out and say, no, global warming isn't happening, then you, you get on telly. (laughs) And the majority of sceptics are, shall we say, not 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 scientists, but more you know, the kind of people who would have told Mozart how to play the piano. But it's not a debate. It is, as you say, just people shouting into a void. It's like an argument about how to play golf between Jack Nicholas and a wildebeest. Reading message boards on this and most other subjects is like staring into a bottomless abyss of infinite human fury and rampaging <laughs> paranoia masking his personal conviction. And this is an example from the uh, pages of our sister website, Times Online. So these people yeah. do have access to the bugle uh, by by being alive and having the internet but anyway, uh, one guy wrote, I'm gratified that the UK press has taken on the task of showing these pseudo-scientists for what they are, internationalist con artists and charlatans with a leftist (laughs) political agenda aimed at regulating what we drive, what we eat, where we live and how many of us there can be this has never been about climate it's about increasing the power and control of a political elite over every aspect of our lives, individual liberty be hanged. (laughs)
8: be hanged.
10: Now, calm down you little pumpkin head, and put your telly (laughs) on, wait for the advertisements, then see exactly who's trying to regulate what you drive, what you eat, and where you live. Another comment on the message boards asks this question. How many more lies and deceptions do we have to put up with before this whole idea of anthropogenic global warming can be put to rest? Well, I can answer that one for you. Lots. There need to be lots, (laughs) lots more lies and deceptions. Aristotle, John, the uh, erstwhile number one-ranked philosopher on the 4th century BC European philosophy circuit, the self-styled Federer of philosophy, if you will, (laughs) used to bang on and on about the middle way, the golden mean, the path of sanity and rightness between the extremes of frothing, spittling, honk-town crazy excesses. And what would he make, John, of the internet message boards? (laughs) (laughs) of the military-level concentration of smuggery, twattishness and self-aggrandisement. Now listen up, message boarders. Leave that to us Comedians. We are the self-aggrandising smug twats in this town. (laughs) You're not welcome. Get off our patch. Of course, uh, global warming, not the only conspiracy currently duping the world. Uh, These uh, other ones, uh, there are as well. The World Health Organisation, set up as a conspiracy by pensions companies to raise life expectancy around the world so they can fleece more people than ever with their pensions. Oxfam, the Oxford Committee for Famine Relief, as it was originally founded. Or was it the Food Industry Committee for Record Profits? Because what do people need if they don't want to starve to death? Food, John. And if they've avoided starving yep. to death and want to continue avoiding it, yep. they're going to
5: need more food. You just blew my mind.
10: It all falls into place now. And uh, puppies as well. A conspiracy to distract humanity from more important business by being uh, awfully sweet. You know, Imagine how much more we could have achieved as a species if we didn't spend so many billions of man-hours every year going, ah, uh, at little puppies. <laughs> so and if you don't believe me, I ask yourself life. this. Did Shakespeare have a puppy? It's no. Did Hitler? Eating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that made any sense, but the point stands.
4: Days of sunrise and sunset pass In a flickering instant from present to past And I never see the sun in the sky We go searching from lower to so high I see rays of light, I see blue sky and clouds That grow in the evening, bright colours abound But I still cannot see That warm, gentle energy Someone singing me lies sweet lullabies there's evil in her eyes she wants to stop me feeling stop me dreaming when the sun in the sky is hiding so shy a sign i recognize she wants to stop me feeling stop me dreaming
3: hitting a three-point buzzer-beating basketball shot from roughly 90 feet. That was in a game a few years ago. Uh, Also, there's this one. This is from a high school game last March. But that's not all. There's also this one. Watch this one. (laughs) Okay, one more. Come on, one more. Two seconds to go. And Myers, they gonna take a shot? All right, there we go, although the interstitial random Kent outdoors was almost more perfect um, of, of those full court shots, the first one was college, the next four were all high school um, high school games, players making full court shots just incredible, right it was I have to say it was very cool to spend my snowy day in my office today searching YouTube for all of those clips. No one would say that, that seeing those clips, seeing those shots, disproves that trying to make a 90-foot shot in basketball is a hard thing to do, right? I mean, even though there's evidence that it can be done, shooting from the backcourt is hard (laughs) and coaches, therefore, probably shouldn't plan on always making that shot in order to plan to win games. Everybody understands that, right? It's the difference between observing a specific thing and understanding whether or not that specific thing is a fair representation of how things are generally in the world. Simple, right? It's kind of like being an adult. Everybody gets that. Apparently, unless you are in politics. In politics right now, full court shots aren't hard. We know that because we've seen YouTube clips of kids making them. In politics now, whatever we're looking at right this instant disproves everything else we know about the world.
1: I don't think it takes a genius to see through
2: the more snow is proof of global warming claim. 63% of the country is now covered in snow, and it's breaking Al Gore's heart because the snow is also burying his global
7: warming theory. The global warming hearing that uh, Barbara Boxer was going to have tomorrow has now been canceled because of the blizzard. So uh, (laughs) It's almost too easy. easy.
1: It's the most severe winter storm in years, which would seem to contradict Al Gore's hysterical global warming theories. Rumor has it that another storm could be headed this way next week,
3: global warming. Where are you? We want you back. See the science at work here? Clearly the climate can't be changing because there's a storm this week on the East Coast. Sean Hannity has proven that there is no such thing as global warming because Sean Hannity feels cold. We dispatched the Rachel Maddow Show's chief winter weather correspondent, Mr. Kent Jones, to try to confirm Mr. Hannity's intrepid reporting. Kent?
0: It's still snowing. It's still snowing. A lot of snow. No, so snow. It's still snowing. It, it's not not snowing. It's snowing.
3: Deny that, huh? Breaking news. We can now confirm it is cold and it is snowing along the East Coast in February. You know, if one person wins the lottery, that's awesome for that person, but it does not disprove the existence of the recession. When it rains in the desert, that does not disprove the existence of the desert. It's still a desert right there, even in the place where it rained. If you have smoked a cigarette in your life and you are not currently suffering from lung cancer or heart disease, your existence, while healthy and happy, does not disprove the fact that smoking causes lung cancer and heart disease. The evidence we have of flight birds, bees, airplanes, what have you, does not disprove the existence of gravity. The existence of monkeys does not disprove evolution. The existence of tadpoles does not disprove the existence of frogs. Full court shots are hard. Evolution is real, gravity is real. The recession, real, deserts dry, smoking bad, frogs exist, also so do storms. The fact that it is snowing somewhere, anywhere, at any one time, does not tell you any useful thing about the overall climate. NASA says, you know those hippies at NASA, uh, NASA says that global average temperatures for the last year uh, uh, were the second hottest year on record ever. The past decade was the warmest decade in the past 2,000 years. But it's snowing somewhere today, so that must all be meaningless. Okay, but if we're going to take one fact about the current weather and use it to obfuscate every other observable truth about the climate as a whole, I would like to add one thing to the mix. There's no snow in Vancouver for the Winter Olympics. Everybody panic! Joining us now is Emmy Award winner and scientist Bill Nye, the Science Guy. Mr. Nye, thank you very much for coming back on the show. It's nice to have you here. It's, it's so good to be here. Can you explain in layman's terms whether a snowstorm disproves global warming?
11: Well, first of all, it doesn't, no, (laughs) but we remind you that global warming was the first term for this phenomenon that we now call climate change. So it's very reasonable that a snowstorm in Washington that's this severe is a result of climate change.
3: Is it consistent uh, to have extreme weather conditions like big storms or even uh, seasonally appropriate storms, uh, and to have the kind of climate change that's been forecast and discussed by most of the reputable scientists in the world.
11: I know what you're driving at, Rachel. (laughs) Yes, this would be consistent with such a thing, as is uh, no snow near the city of Vancouver on Mount Cypress there, as is the big mudslides we had here in Southern California the day before yesterday and a little bit last night. There's more energy in the atmosphere, and this is stirring things up. If you want to get serious about it, these guys uh, claiming that the snow in Washington disproves climate change. Are, are almost unpatriotic it's it's a really they're denying science so they're very happy to have the weather forecast be accurate within a few hours but they're displeased or, or unenchanted by predictions of the world getting warmer it's really uh, it's it's uh, it uh, shakes me up
3: it's and you say using the term unpatriotic and saying that it's sort of defying science do you feel like there is a legitimate, a legitimate beef about the facts here, honestly, or do you feel like some people just don't like what the facts say? Well,
11: my thinking is, really, I've thought about this a lot as an educator, I spent a lot of time with a lot of people. It's, it's mostly generational, uh, it seems to be. This is anecdotal for me. Older people just have a much harder time grasping the idea that you have many billions of people on the planet with a very, very thin atmosphere, you're able to affect its climate. It's, as you, when you, younger people are able to sort of embrace it, under, uh, understand the, uh, the evidence, and move forward, just as you say, uh, making a uh, full-court, one-arm shot happens now and then. There's snowstorm in Washington, D.C. now and then.
3: What's the difference between um, weather and climate? I think pe- this is the sort of argument about, oh, a wow. snowstorm disproves global warming. It's the sort of argument that people have at the water cooler, on the street, with neighbors. What's an easy way to explain the difference there?
11: Well, one's a small-scale phenomenon, happens day to day. The other is a big phenomenon, and we all know this. We all feel it in our, in our hearts. You know that uh, the Mojave Desert is dry. That's its climate. It's a dry climate. It rains now and then as you pointed out, but it's a dry climate. You know the Amazon rainforest is a wet climate. Washington DC, New York City, these are an in-between climate. So you get
3: in-between weather phenomena. What kinds of indicators should we be paying attention to? What aren't stupid indicators in order of to assess the, the danger posed by climate change? <laughs>
11: Well, the world, overall, the world's getting warmer. If you like, these phenomena, by the way, this week and stuff, are just generally a result of El Nino, where the Pacific Ocean surface gets a little warmer, and this affects the weather in North America like crazy, and this is very well documented, and you can go to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration websites and you can look at these data. The sea surface is warmer, putting more energy in the atmosphere and making things more turbulent. The main thing is, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change got a Nobel Prize. They got a, a scientific prize for making a discovery. They didn't get a, a minor award. This is a big deal. They discovered climate change through all kinds of evidence, and it's something we should all be very, very concerned about. This thing of denying science, you know, science has done so much to make this country. What it is, a technological leader, it's improved the quality of life for so many people here and around the world. To deny what scientists or scientific evidence is showing, is is inappropriate. It, and as I said earlier, to me, when I get wound up, it's
3: unpatriotic. Oh, well, I hear you, and I get wound up about the same things. And I'm grateful that you were able to come on the show and talk about it, Bill Nye, the Science Guy. Thank you so well, thank much. Thank you. Really appreciate it.
4: Stand up and be counted as a body in a crowd Put your name on a petition with your signature so proud Can you raise your voice so loud as you stand with head on bowed, Weather beating on your brow, demanding answers here and now Cos that's how you make a difference in this fickle world of change
8: And finally, the nonsense on climate change just won't stop. Washington Post columnist Dana Milbank thinks it's silly for Republicans and climate change deniers to say that the recent snowstorms mean that climate change is phony. But he's not letting Greens off the hook so easily. As he put it on February 14th, quote, There's some rough justice in the conservatives' cheap shots. In Washington's blizzards, the Greens were hoist by their own petard. Close quote. Well, how so? Because climate activists like Al Gore, quote, have argued by anecdote to make their case, close quote. And it's not just Al Gore. When climate scientists arranged a conference call to rebut the snow-means-no-global-warming nonsense... One expert reminded journalists on the call that there is overwhelming scientific consensus on global warming's existence. According to Milbank, though, another scientist shot down that remark. But that scientist, after reading Milbank's column, wrote on his website that he did no such thing. But the storyline here is a familiar one. Both sides, scientists and deniers, are exaggerating. But one side seems to offend Milbank more, as he writes, quote, the scientific case has been further under Mind by high-profile screw-ups. First, there were the hacked emails of a British research center that suggested the scientists were stacking the deck to overstate the threat. Now comes word of numerous errors in a 2007 report by the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, including the bogus claim that the Himalayan glaciers would disappear in 25 years, close quote. Well, there is no credible evidence that climate scientists were stacking the deck, and there have not been numerous errors in that report. There have been two minor ones. But the whole point of climate change denial is to manufacture a political scandal, which is what journalism like this does so well.
4: For you so proud and powerful, the devil bring me luck. Go searching for your solace when your name goes through the muck. When every breath you take will be a thorn in good men's sight. Then even you might be the drums of freedom for maidens in the morning who wake with reddened eyes, remembering lovers lost in rising with the lark's first prize, and never tasting love again till youth is almost gone. Well, Over the
9: past few months, polls show that fewer Americans say they believe humans are making the planet dangerously warmer, and that is despite a raft of scientific reports that say otherwise, and that puzzles many climate scientists, but not social scientists. As NPR's Christopher Joyce reports, some of their research suggests that
6: when people encounter new information, facts may not be as important as beliefs. The divide between climate believers and disbelievers can be as wide as a West Virginia valley. And that's where two of them squared off recently at a public debate on West Virginia Public Radio. Coal Company President Don Blankenship is a doubter.
7: It's a hoax because it clearly anyone that says that they know what the temperature of the earth is going to be in 2020 or 2030 needs to be put in an asylum because they don't.
6: On the other side, environmentalist Robert Kennedy Jr.
8: 98% of the research climatologists in the world say that global warming is real, that its impacts is going to be catastrophic. There are 2% who disagree with that. I have a choice of leaving the 98% or the 2%.
6: For a social scientist and lawyer Don Brayman, it's not surprising that two people can disagree so strongly over science. Brayman is on the faculty at George Washington University and a part of a research group called Cultural Cognition. People tend to conform their factual beliefs to ones that are consistent with their cultural outlook, their worldview. Bremen's group has conducted several experiments to back that up. First, they ask people to describe their cultural beliefs. Some embrace new technology, authority, and free enterprise, the so-called individualistic group. Others are suspicious of authority or of commerce and industry. Brehman calls them communitarians. In one experiment, Brehman then queried his subjects about something unfamiliar, nanotechnology, new research into tiny molecule-sized objects that could lead to novel products. These two groups start to polarize as soon as you start to describe some of the potential benefits and harms. The individualists tended to like nanotechnology. The communitarians generally viewed it as dangerous, all based on the same information. It doesn't matter whether you show them negative or positive information. They reject the information that is contrary to what they would like to believe, and they glom on to the positive information. So what's going on here? Basically, the reason that people react in a closed-minded way to information is that the implications of it threaten their values. That's Dan Kahan, a law professor at Yale University and a member of Cultural Cognition. He says people test new information against their pre-existing view of how the world should work. If the implication, the outcome, can affirm your values you think about it in a much more open-minded way. And if the information doesn't, you tend to reject it. In another experiment, people read a United Nations study about the dangers of global warming. Then the researchers said, okay, the solution is to regulate pollution from industry. Many in the individualistic group then rejected the climate science. But when more nuclear power was offered as the solution, they said, you know, it turns out global warming is a serious problem. And for the communitarians, climate danger seemed less serious if the only solution was more nuclear power. Then there's the messenger effect. In an experiment dealing with the dangers versus benefits of a vaccine, the scientific information came from several people. They ranged from a rumpled and bearded expert to a crisply businesslike one, and people tended to believe the message that came from the person they considered to be more like them. Which brings us back to climate. If you have people who are skeptical of the data on climate change, um, you can bet that Al Gore is not going to convince them at this point. So should climate scientists hire, say, Newt Gingrich as their spokesman? Dan Kahan says no. The goal can't be
8: to um, create a kind of psychological house of mirrors so that people end up seeing exactly what you want.
6: The goal has to be to create an environment... That allows them to be open-minded. And Kahan says you can't do that just by publishing more scientific data.
4: Soliciting his lawyer trade and focused on the boy he made Pays a maid to rock the cradle, giving time that he's unable Every weekend he's at home, but every day the baby's grown A baby boy he never sees, he's lost his priorities His hours bring him to his knees, he's earning much more than he needs Poverty, from which he's free, turns into undirected greed His lawyer fate, his lawyer rates and lawyer mates eating lawyer steaks Living a life he didn't seem to choose he just had to do something, but he didn't know what to do.
2: Fox and Friends, you can't get a better set of clowns than that. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Steve Doocy, who's going to be doing a weather report, but he can't help himself. He's got to inject politics in the weather as well. Let's go to uh, clip number 12 here. Meanwhile, let's take a look at uh, the day outside, and it is frightful. Uh, Currently, for the most part, the 48 connected states are nice and dry, with the exception of the Pacific Northwest. That's the good news. The bad news is, man, is it cold. Right now in Minneapolis, the air temperature is 9 below zero. International Falls in Minnesota yesterday had a recorded temperature of 37 degrees below zero. That is the coldest temperature that town has had since 1911. Yeah, that global warming thing's really kicking into high gear, isn't it? <laughs> Look, people make this joke all the time. Look, if he's just saying it as a joke, okay, I get it. Whatever. Okay. But I you know, are you convinced that he understands the difference between weather and climate and the difference what global warming means? But what I'm more worried about is that they keep saying this over and over again. And remember the Fox audience, not that bright, right? So To them, that's a persuasive argument. They're like, "Yeah, that's right, man. It's cold in Montana. What the hell with weather? You you know, there no change. Global warming. (laughs) So the UN uh, dispatch contributor, Matthew Cordell, was like, hey, you know what? I can't believe I have to do this, but let me explain the difference between weather and climate. So he wrote up a little thing, explanation. He's like, weather is the conditions in the atmosphere. In a certain place, during a certain time, weather is always changing climate is what the weather is generally like over long periods of time such as years or decades in a particular area a place that has little rainfall has a dry climate and a place that has high temperatures has a hot climate and when we talk about global warming we're talking about how the temperature has risen over a number of decades about one degree we're worried that if it gets to four degrees that that is very very dangerous because small changes overall for how hot the planet is makes a big difference eventually in rising tides, you know, shrinking uh, uh, Arctic, Antarctic, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, and all the different environments changing. But we, right now, we're talking about a one degree change. Doesn't mean that it's not going to get cold in Montana in the middle of the winter. What are you going to do with people? I mean, it's just they celebrate their own ignorance.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's program. It was a it was a vaguely special edition of the show in that uh, the the music used was all from one person, and uh, and because I liked it so much, I, I didn't put in any interruptions or ads in, in the show uh, just so you could focus on the music if if you wanted. And so so today's music was all from from one guy named Theo Bard. For those of you who don't know, I actually went to the climate conference in Copenhagen as, as part of my job um, back in December. And so at the conference, there were obviously you know all the nations gathered to, to talk about climate change, but then there are a huge, huge, huge number of activists in town as well. And so at, at one point um, in the trip, one evening, I was at... This kind of big warehouse building where lots and lots of non-profit and activist-type people had, had all gathered. And this guy, Theo, was actually singing on stage at, at, at this event just as kind of like background entertainment while everyone was kind of doing their own thing. And so I heard what he was playing and instantly got out my phone and started recording because I I liked it so much it was you know such such great music and so uh, you know I was able to record a couple of songs live uh, on my phone and then I talked to him afterwards I got his name and his card so I I figured out that I could um, that I could find some of his music on iTunes which I certainly recommend everyone do and also on MySpace, he's at myspace.com slash Theobard, T-H-E-O-B-A-R-D. And so I was heartily, heartily disappointed to find out that my my favorite song of his that I heard him play live and it was the one that was playing as I walked up and I started recording so I, I came in halfway through the song was uh, This Fickle World, was the one he was playing, so I only recorded about half of it, and it turns out that that particular song wasn't available anywhere online yet. It, you know, he hadn't recorded it professionally, so it wasn't on iTunes, it, it wasn't on on MySpace anywhere. So I told him, you know, I told him about the show, and I told him I wanted to use some of his music and and you know, promote it a little bit, but I've actually waited this long to do that. I've waited until now to to play his music in, in the show because I was waiting for that one song to come out. And, and so he posted it on MySpace so I could uh, I, I, you know, I just saw it and I finally got it. And so I was able to include it in the show. And uh, it's it's a great relief. I'm, I'm glad to finally be able to uh, pr- promote his music like I said I would. Secondly today I just want to mention that it's been a kind of a long time since I put out a climate change episode and there's really just no excuse for that. There have been some things going on in on you know in the back of my mind and like reasons and and thoughts about like well no I won't do that one yet and you know big news on healthcare would come out or big news on finances would come out and I think no it's important to do those it's timely. So you know this show it's it's just a little dated I apologize for that the the, the snowstorms that hit uh, DC were several weeks ago, but, um, you know, obviously still relevant and, and useful for a show, but, you know, but yeah, it, it should have been posted earlier and it got me thinking about the media a little bit because I am actually not a subscriber to the idea that the, the U S media is inherently right-wing or inherently conservative. I'm a subscriber to the idea that the media is made up of humans who are inherently lazy and inherently looking for kind of the shortest, easiest way to do things that will cause the le- the, the least amount of friction, um, make it the least likely that they'll get fired from their jobs. And that type of laziness lends itself to bad reporting, lends itself to false balance, lends itself to uh, you know, falling back on conservative ideas, you know, conservative just being the old ideas, the old way of doing things. Well, you know, we've always done it that way, and that's probably how things should go, and things are probably okay. And, and you know, if we if you're advocating for change, then that's new and different and, and not necessarily good. And, and, you know, so that that's my thoughts on, on the media in general, and I've actually kind of seen that play out in my own experience, in my own head, sometimes this show is affected by kind of inherent, you know, I, I don't like to think of it as, as laziness or, or incompetence or anything, but but for a, a topic like global warming, it's so easy to, to push it away from the forefront. It's so easy to say, well, you know, whatever's the hot news item is more important to cover because it's hot. And you know, and so that means that our media doesn't do in-depth reporting because they don't they don't follow stories for a long time. They they follow whatever's breaking right this minute. And so, mostly, I'm bringing this up to say, like, I noticed this about myself and realized I hadn't put out a global warming show in so long, and and so that's inexcusable inexcusable so much to the point that i would uh compare myself to the mainstream medias uh type of incompetence and and so when i when i realized that i thought oh no i i've really slipped here so i 'll obviously be making strides to not do that in the future and so now I just want to quickly thank a couple of members Chad M signed up for a membership on october twenty third and went ahead uh, went ahead and signed up for a full year in advance so huge thanks to Chad and then also Michael h signed up on December fifteenth and has stuck with us um so you know both of those guys have stuck with the show, and I sincerely appreciate that as I'm sure you know the members are what keep this show going. So if you have interest in helping to support the show, that's like the number one thing you could do. Uh, check out the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com for all the details. Of course, there are lots of other ways to support the show. If you're interested, just check out the support box on the website. And, you know, there's lots of things you can do that some involve money and then a lot of them don't. You know, some some great things you can do to support the show that don't cost anything at all, including telling all all of your friends and family about it you know at least five it would be great if everyone just set a set a goal of just tell you know three to five friends and that would make a huge difference but as long as you are telling five you might as well tell everyone right also on the website you're going to find links to twitter and facebook where you can follow the show between episodes and then links to the sources and all the music used in every episode is in the show notes on the blog so, coming to you from the automobile dependent suburban sprawl of Nashville, Tennessee, my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you 10 times a month, thanks entirely to the members and donors from bestoftheleft.com.
4: Light A dying man in a living room Whose shadow paces the floor Who'll take you out any open door This is not my life It's just a fond farewell to a friend